Everybody doing all right? Yeah, turn to neighbor, give your neighbor a fist bump. Say, how are you doing? Ask somebody sitting around you. Y'all look good this morning. Yeah, look pretty good. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, since Jenny preached, I'm just going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to dismiss. <laughs> Y'all can tell her I said that. She's not in here yet. I'm, uh, I'm glad that you're here. Man, we started a new series today. Uh, I know you're looking forward to it because it says the series name is crazy. And uh, that's always interesting. Always good to have something interesting to talk about. But before we do that, let me make a couple of quick announcements. One, our new student pastors are here today. Yeah, isn't that exciting? I don't think they're in the room. I think they're back with the junior high service right now, the J High. Um, but Tyler and Nicole Riles and uh, their little two-year-old, almost two-year-old daughter, Nora, is here. So when you see uh, a new bald guy out in the lobby, uh, shake his hand and ask him, say, aren't you the new youth pastor? And, and talk to them. We're excited. Our students are excited. Uh, it's so good. Tyler and Nicole are seasoned youth pastors from Oklahoma. Um, I'm, just, I'm just ready for this era of youth ministry and what it's going to mean for South Point. I'm, I'm super excited about it. Also, I know you saw in the announcements about Friends Day coming up in a couple of weeks. Friends Day is going to be awesome for our kids. They'll have inflatables, um, all kinds of stuff in the lobby, whatever those gourmet donuts are. There's amazing. Um, all of that, kind, just tons of fun stuff, a photo op, all kinds of fun stuff. And it's just, all it is, is a tool for us. That's what it is. It's a tool for us to bring our friends, to bring our neighbors, our family, people that don't have a church home. That's who we're focusing on. That's, that's the friends we're looking for. Bring them that day. Say, it's going to be a fun day. It's going to be an interactive service. We're going to be giving away some uh, iFly gift certificates that, that day to go, uh, you know, the indoor skydiving place. The message is kind of going to revolve around that. So we're going to give those away. Pretty cool. And uh, all kinds of good stuff that day. But with that said, with it being Friends Day, we're going to start something on Friends Day. We're going to hopefully have it every Sunday from now on. We're looking to grow our photography team. When we have special events, we have photographers for those events. People like you that are in our church that have a decent camera, have a good camera that like to take pictures. Uh, but what we're wanting to do is start having photographers every week, and we want to start that on Friends Day. We want to be able to produce some photos every week of whatever's going on, our worship, our kids, the amazing messages, all of that kind of stuff. Elbow your neighbor. Um, all of that so that we can put those things on social media to help us invite other people and show them what's going on here at South Point. So... If you are a photographer, and you don't have to be professional, if you can just point and shoot, we'll work with you. Uh, if you've got a good camera, um, just mark your communication card today and drop it off by the welcome booth, or you can put it in the offering even, and uh, we'll contact you. We'll let you know how it's going to work, all that kind of stuff. We're looking for people to do it once a month, one service, once a month. That's all we're looking for. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a great tool for us and a great help for us to show people outside of South Point what's going on. Are you with me? Say amen. Awesome. Well, let's jump into this series because I know everybody's intrigued by it. I know when you throw out a name like this, this is marketing genius, right? That the name is crazy. The reason it's crazy is because the word crazy is wild. It can mean so many things, right? You can, you can say, I'm crazy about my wife, right? And I'm crazy about pizza. And you understand what I mean by that. Two totally different things. If somebody, you know, I remember as a kid, uh, we used to have this big bridge out east of Duncan. That it's, it was over Cow Creek, and it was a big metal bridge. And 
we used to get up on top of it and jump off of it. Let me, let me rephrase it. I used to stand on the ground and jump into the creek, and then my friends would get up on top of the bridge. It's a big metal one and jump. And we would say, those guys are crazy. Now, that doesn't mean they actually have mental health issues. It just meant they were much braver than I was, right? So the word crazy can mean a lot of different things. Uh, we're going to talk about it in the context of our faith. We're going to talk about crazy. What's it mean to be crazy Christian? Have you ever been called crazy before because of your faith? Have you ever been somebody mumbled behind your back crazy because of your faith? Everybody just do it like this. Yes, that's, that's it. Well, it's not the kind of faith, though, you may be thinking about. I'm not talking about, well, you, the kind of crazy that says you can't wear makeup. Can I get an Amen. Or, or, your, or your denim skirt has to go to your ankles because that's only, only godly dress. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the kind of crazy that blows up abortion clinics because you disagree with it, right? Amen? What, what I'm talking about, the kind of crazy is, the kind of crazy that when somebody hurts you, you return that with love. Y'all hear that? It's quiet in here. Those are good opportunities to amen right there. The, when, when somebody slaps your face, you actually... Come on, help me out. Turn the other cheek, right? Th those are the kinds of crazy that I'm talking about. Actually living out the words of Jesus. Let me tell you, I guarantee you, you know people in your life that are crazy Christians. You know people. And I'm not, again, I'm not talking about that side. I'm talking about the ones that live it out, the ones that are different, the ones that, that overwhelm you with love. In fact, they're so crazy, they actually love everybody. You, ever, you know any of those crazy people? Yeah, some of y'all are pointing. Don't be pointing. It's not nice to point in here. Well, today we're going we're gonna to see if you fit in this company. Because in Matthew, in the book of Matthew, they called John the Baptist crazy. In the book of John, after that, they called Jesus crazy. In the book of Acts, they called Paul crazy. So if you feel like, you know what, maybe I'm crazy, then you're in some really good company. If you're not crazy yet, we hope to make you crazy in this series. All right? That's our goal. You can write that down. That's our goal, to make you crazy. But... And, and all joking aside, I want us to understand there's a difference between a church attender. You know what I'm saying? It, there's a difference in that person's life, whoever they may be, us, when we say, you know what, I'm actually going to live out what I say I believe. I'm actually going to put it to the test, just like Jesus said, put my words to the test. See if they don't come to pass. See if when... You, you give instead of receive. See if when you turn the other cheek, see if when you return love and you pray for your enemies, that can, see if your life does not change in ways that are undescribable. That's crazy. That's what the world sees as crazy. So if you have your orange bulletin, there's some notes in there. I would love for you to take some notes today because we're going to talk about what crazy Christianity looks like. All right, are you ready for this? First, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the bad news, all right? But it, it's, it's kind of good news. It's kind of weird this way. Because crazy Christianity, if you live in it right, it's actually going to bring opposition in your life. Did you know that? That's part of it. That's a rough altar call right there at the end of the message. If you really want some opposition in your life, if you really want family and friends to turn against you and talk behind your back, let's just lift our hands for Jesus right now. That's a hard one to get through. But in all reality, it's not a bad thing. Let me, let me share a story with you about uh, a pretty predominant character in the New Testament called Saul. Saul was the name of the apostle Paul before he became Paul. He was Saul. In Acts chapter 9, it records when 
Saul became Paul, and we're going to read some of that today. It says this in Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. I forgot. Hold on a second. He hated crazy Christians. Paul hated people like me and you. He hated people that would love their enemies. He hated people that would connect what was going on good in their life to Jesus Christ. Paul hated those kind of people. He was a devout Jew, old school Jew, who did not believe that the followers of Jesus were godly people. He thought they were trying to steal credit. He didn't believe in Christ. So he was actually looking for letters from the government and from the Pharisees, the religious leaders, to go and capture and many times kill believers like me and you, those crazy Christians. But listen, it it doesn't go the way Paul thought it was going to go. Yeah, we're getting some background first. So, he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus. The road to Damascus, that's the famous road. Asking for their cooperation in the arrest of, the, of any followers of the way. Everybody say the way. Before they were called Christians, it was called the way. Before it was called Christianity, it was called the way. Though any of those followers of the way that he found there, he wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. Let me tell you, this is such an incredible story because you get to see Paul notices when Christians were for real, when they wouldn't deny their faith, when they connected God and Jesus what was going on in their life. He didn't want that. And so he opposed those things. Have you ever had anybody oppose you for how you believe in your faith? Can I tell you, if that happens, you're probably on the right track. Unless you're judging them, and they're saying, don't judge me. Now, they're on the right track. All right? But other than that, just being a crazy believer is good for us. Years ago, I've shared some stories. With you. The only job I've ever been let go from in my entire life was right after I was saved as a Christian and, and became a Christian in college. And I was trying to memorize scripture on my desk calendar. I worked at a furniture store as a salesman. And the owner was an atheist and told me, if you keep doing that, then I'm going to have to let you go. And at first I thought, well, then I'll quit doing it. And then I thought, nope, shouldn't have told me that. And I just, for the first time in my faith, I dug my heels in and said, no, nah, I'm not going to let somebody right out of the box. I'm only about six months old spiritually. Just put a lid on me. And he ended up at the end of that day, let me go. The only job I've ever been fired from in my life was because I'm a Christian. That's a win. And, and can I tell you, even in church... There's some opposition. Years ago, I was in a church that was doing really good. We were growing and reaching people. And me and uh, one of the other guys in the church who was buck wild, we started running some buses downtown to pick up guys at the Jesus house. And we were bringing them to our little suburb church. And can I tell you that I was watching some of the, some of the people in the church, a couple of the, the guys in the back that didn't like the way the guys smelled when they come in and the clothes that they weren't wearing when they came in. And, and one night when I was, I was sitting back here in the back, it wasn't at this church, but I was sitting back here in the back like in an usher's uh, chair. And one of the guys, I saw him get his cigarettes out and he stepped up like he was going outside. And then I saw one of the men, he kind of went and he got up to go outside, one of our guys. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go run interference on this. And I went out there, and just as I got there, he was griping that guy out. and going, we're not going to smoke around here. If You're either going to get in line or get out. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, we don't talk. He's not even a Christian yet. We're like, he's taking baby steps and quitting. This guy left mad, and this guy left mad. And the guy in our church whirled around, and he shook his finger in my face, and he said, we are not called to reach these kind of people. And I knew right then, like, well, I'm not called to this kind of church. 
And, and, and he didn't represent the whole church. There were all, a bunch of amazing people in there. But he had got confused about what Christianity really is. Amen? And, and sometimes when we're reaching out and when we're living it, people with maybe really good intentions, trying to help people clean up or whatever they, they expect out of that, can oppose what you're doing to live for Jesus. And you know what? It, it was one of those moments that I had to question, is this correct? What, what this guy's doing or this guy's doing. And I had to think back. How, how do I know if it's correct or not? How do I know? I go to God's word. Who are the kind of people that Jesus hung out with? And I started looking that they made fun of Jesus and go, well, we know he's not the son of God because he only hangs out with the sinners and prostitutes and liars and tax collectors. And I thought, whoa, I'm on the right track. You, do you understand? Like crazy Christianity looks different than many people think that it looks. It feels different sometimes. It, it is, it's awkward. It doesn't go by the norms, especially the cultural norms. And on top of that, you're going to give your heart to a supernatural being? I mean, you're crazy. But can I tell you, when you start heading that direction, people are going to oppose you. Most of the time, that lets you know you're headed in the right direction. That God's got something better for you ahead. I still wasn't mean to the guy that shook his finger in my face. Never was. Never mouthed off to him. Never put him in his place. We had a discussion afterwards and we agreed to disagree. And that's the way it went. I thought, okay, all I can do is what I can do. The rest is up to God. If he wants to oppose that, that's between him and Jesus. Amen? You like that? Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 4.10 says that our dedication, this is what Paul said later in his life, our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. He understood that. He understood that sometimes it's going to make us look weird. And here's what I would guess right now. Can I step out on a, on a limb and just point a finger to the audience for a minute? I would guess there are people in this room right now that God's dealing with you about something that when your friends or family find out, they may think you're crazy too. They're, they're, God's dealing with you about changing your job. Changing your career direction, maybe changing a position at work, and all based around something God's doing in your faith. And, and you're crazy. Did you know that? Some of you in here are single, and you're in the dating world, and God has already talked to you about being pure until you're married. And everybody else around you has already told you that you're crazy. Can I tell you, those can be great signs that you're exactly where God wants you. Because crazy Christianity, craziness, real solid Living according to what God's word says is going to bring opposition. People are going to think you're nuts. 1994, Forrest Gump came out. How many have seen Forrest Gump? I want to see your hands be really honest right now. Okay, it's most everybody. So me and my wife have just got married. We are new, crazy Christians. We have been saved out of way lost lifestyles. No Jesus lifestyles. When we, we, all of our, we just got married, all of our young couple friends, they were going to see Forrest Gump. We went to see Forrest Gump. And believe it or not, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. I hope you think I'm crazy. About 30 minutes into the movie, we were like, I, I'm not putting this junk in my head anymore. Because there was cussing in the movie. And we had been saved out of that, that lifestyle. And we had just said, we're, I'm not, I'm not going to pay for God putting that, or me the world putting that into my life. And after, literally, after about 30 minutes of sitting there, it was the first movie that we got up and left from. And we told our friends, thinking, man, they're going to think that, like, we're spiritual giants, like, really. Like, because we, I mean, look, we spent seven bucks a pop, right? 
We took our popcorn stuff with us. We got up and walked out of this movie. And you know, not one of our friends thought we had a brain cell one. All of them were like, are you kidding? That's the single greatest movie ever. And you got up, you don't know what you missed. Like where you walked out, that was right where the cussing ended. Everything else was great from there on out. And all of it. Now, I have seen the movie from then. I have stepped, t- taken a step down from sainthood and watched the movie, okay? Um, so don't be thinking that I'm holier than thou or anything. But at that stage in my life, I had to make some decisions. We made decisions for Scott and Jenny that were best for our faith. And all those people around us thought we were crazy. Thank the Lord, even though they thought we were crazy, they said this. Here's what I do when I'm confused. I just do what I feel like God's leading me to do. Just err on the side of obeying God and let people call you crazy. Amen? If it lines up with God's word, if it's loving and kind and compassionate and not worrying about other people, it's just you and your faith and your steps and your relationship with Jesus, then just get after it. It's going to create opposition in your life, but not all that opposition is good. A lot of it just says you're doing the right thing. Head that direction. What was amazing, I've told that story over the years, and there's always people that come up and go, we had the same thing happen with this in our life, or we quit this, or we stopped doing this, and people thought we were crazy. Now, they may, they may do it again now, but it was a time in our life. We were taking steps of obedience to live this crazy lifestyle called Christianity. The second one is this. The second thing about Christianity is that Christianity requires faith faith. It's going to be a quick one because I want you to understand it it requires faith, not not my faith, but it requires your faith. What God's doing in your life. Because God's going to ask you to do things in your life that you're not going to be able to call me or your mom and dad or a friend that's a Christian and say, what do you think I should do here? You're going to have to make that decision for yourself. Listen to this. Romans 12 says that God has given every person a measure of faith. So here's what I totally believe about that. It doesn't go into a lot of detail, but God has given everybody a measure of faith. Do you believe that God shortchanged you, or do you believe that God gave you the, enough faith for, to, to walk out what he's called you to walk out? How about enough? Anybody, can I get a vote for enough? All right, like six or eight of us believe that. Everybody else, I guess y'all believe God shortchanged you? All right, awesome. By the end of this, we're going to think everybody in here is crazy because I believe God gave us enough faith to walk out what he's doing. God is wanting you to take the next step. You understand that? He's, he's wanting you to move on, to, to, to continue to grow in your faith. But it, but it butts up against number three. Two is you have to have your faith. You have to step out and grow your faith. But the only way that that works is that your crazy Christianity has to be personal. People say, well, I want my own faith and I want my own experience. But listen, if we would have, just for that example, if we would have stayed at the movies just because everybody else did it, we would have never taken that step of faith, right? We would have never grown and said, was that correct that we did that or wrong that we did? Do we need to do it that way or should we do it another way? Should we, whatever the, the situations to help us to grow would have never have happened had it not been a step of faith. And to have that, you have to have a personal experience with Jesus. It can't be your mom's faith. We talk about this with our kids. Hey, you're at that age. Our kids are at that age, 17 and 19, where you're deciding, am I going to walk in the footsteps of my mom and dad, in the faith of my mom and dad, or am I going to go off and try something else? Thank the Lord. For now, my kids have said, this is exactly what I want. I'm going to walk in this, but they can't live on my experiences. 
It's got to be personal to them. Amen? And, and listen, it was personal to Paul. I'm going I'm to read a little bit with a little more after uh, in Acts chapter 9. It says this. As he was approaching Damascus on his mission, okay, on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I think he's asking a question here. Saul asked, and the voice said, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Like he, he Paul or Saul knew God, but he had never met Jesus. Does that make sense? Like he had never met the one that he was fighting against. And it wasn't until he met him until he understood this is the person. He's, he's real. He's genuine. After that, Paul, Jesus changed his name from Saul to Paul and changed his mission just a little bit. He got to go on to Damascus, but it wasn't to kill Christians. It was to change people's lives. Paul started over 20 churches. He wrote letters that you can read all throughout the New Testament. Wrote more letters, more epistles than anyone else in the New Testament. And that was because that he didn't go off of what somebody else told him about Jesus, that he had a genuine experience of his own with Jesus Christ. And can I tell you this? You can sit at South Point for years, and you can, you can learn lots of good stuff. You can learn lots of great knowledge. You can have some incredible worship. I was just bragging on our worship team before service this morning because everybody up here is a volunteer, just like us. When we serve in different parts, everybody up here... And, I'm so thankful that they take time out of their week to practice, to use the gifts God's given them to bless us so that we can worship. But can I tell you, until you experience Jesus yourself, it's not real. It's, it's just off of somebody else. And, and you can learn tons about Jesus. You can, you can serve. You can worship. But until you stop and give your life to Jesus, you'll never, there we go, you'll never be able to be the rewarded, full-focused, crazy Christian that God wants you to be. The last one is this. Can we kick those lights back on? What's the, what's the game where the blocks, is, that's what Kyle's probably playing back there. He's got the blocks going and killed the lights. Crazy Christianity is this. The last one is contagious. It's probably my favorite one of them all. People are actually looking for things in this world. They're actually looking for genuineness. Did you know that? What, what we're kind of joking about today and calling crazy, people are actually looking for that. It's, it's a reason to live. They're looking for people that will return good for the evil that they've gotten in this world. They're looking for people that are kind of like Jesus that actually forgive those that have come against them. Did you know that? Pe people are looking for that. And when you and I actually walk out our faith, and can I tell you that's super difficult. I'm being really honest with you. It's super difficult. It's the most difficult thing I've ever done, especially the first few years. But it's also so rewarding. So rewarding that I wouldn't have it any other way. You see, it, it costs a lot to live a crazy Christian life. But can I tell you something I found out after doing it for 26 years now? It costs a lot more to not live a crazy Christian life. It costs a lot more in your relationships to not live it. 
to just pretend, to just show up on Sunday. Even if you're the worshiping king or queen, it, it, takes a, it costs a lot more if you don't meet Jesus and become a crazy Christian. It costs more in your, in your kids later on in your life. We've all seen it. It, it costs more in our careers because we make decisions based on convenience or, or success versus God in our lives. And that's why I want to encourage you today. If you really want to be contagious, like where other people look at you and go, I want what you've got. Just be crazy. It'll bring some opposition. People will test you and say, is that, is that really how you're supposed to live? And they're testing you because they don't know either. They're just going to see how sold out you are to it. And then when you're able to tell them, just like Saul, when Saul showed up as Paul, God called some Christians to go pray for him. And you know what the Christian said? Not me. Saul's killing people. And he goes, that's okay, because I met Saul, and I changed his life. And they went to Saul, who was now Paul, and they heard Paul's story, that he used to persecute Christians, and now he was serving them. And now he was reaching out to the Jews and to the Gentiles and sharing his story. And when people saw, listen, this is what it was. It wasn't just the words because that scared people. But when people saw the, the change in Paul, that's what got people saved. People saw that, you mean God could take a Saul in this world and make him a Paul? God can change the heart of a human being, which in return changes their, changes their reactions and their habits and the way others see them and the way they treat people and the way they react and all of those other things. And people said, we want, this is what they said, we want to know the God of Paul. So if he can change Saul into Paul, then I want to know that God. And Paul would say, well, let me introduce you because he's not the God of Paul. His name is Jesus Christ. Crazy Christianity. It's the only way to live it. It really is. Not the judgmental kind. The loving all kind. When people oppose you, just let it happen. Learn what you really believe. Live it out with kindness. Kill them with kindness. Emphasis on kindness, not killing. Love them. Love them to Jesus. Let them see your experience. Once it becomes personal to you, People will respect that story more than anything. And the great, the great part is no matter how much opposition comes, no matter how much struggle comes, they can't take it away because it's personal. It's personal to you. You can torture me. You can do whatever you want to me, but you can't take away March 1993 and a little gravel parking lot in my $500 Jeep that I could see the gravel through my floorboard as I sit and cried and made deals with God and God dealt with my heart for two or three hours. You can't ever take that away, no matter what. You can't take away my experience because I know him personally. Amen? And when that happens in your life, you start to become crazy. It's the best kind of crazy. But you're in good company. There's a bunch of them that way. The guy showed up a couple of thousand years ago. He didn't judge people. He loved on people. He forgave people. He even forgave the people that were killing him while they were killing him. And because of that, him and 75, 80 leaders and another thousand followers have changed the world over 2,000 years. And people still to this day, can I tell you, are still calling him crazy. And he's still changing those people's lives. 
So today, I want us to pray. I want us to pray a, a solid prayer, each one of us. I want us to pray that God would help us to really be a crazy Christian. To really be somebody that doesn't just attend or, or have the knowledge or worship or serve, but that somebody that actually, that we take God's word and we use it to work out our, our choices in life, our decisions in life. We allow it to guide us and direct us that his Holy Spirit empowers us to live as a true believer of Christ. And I want to also ask it, if you don't know Jesus and you hear me talking about this personal relationship with him, today's your day also. Amen. Today's your day also, amen? Today's the day. Today's the day. Right here among a bunch of great believers, a bunch of crazy Christians that actually believe what God's Word said. It's a great place to say, today I want to meet Jesus. I want to know Him. So as I pray today, will you pray with me? Will you say, Lord, all, all, I don't remember all the, the message today, but will you take that and help us to know you personally and to live according to what you say in our life and to take steps of faith and grow our faith. And as we face opposition, then just let it happen. Because I know on the other side of that, God has great rewards planned. Amen? Let's pray that together. Lord, we love you today. We're so thankful, so thankful for your love for us. That you sought us out. That you saved us. As the song we sang earlier said that you left the 99 to come find us. And that happens to every single person. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room. There's so many things that distract us from just pure time, being a Christian for so long, to the distractions that are, that are worries in this life about finances or health, relationships. There's things that distract us like success and our careers and travel and just a thousand, thousand things. But today, Lord, we're refocused. We hear what your spirit is saying to us. And we want, we want to live by faith more than anything. Even if people call us crazy, that's fine. We understand what they mean, Lord, that we're different, that we've separated ourselves from the culture, that we live according to your word, that we're trusting you, that we react the way Jesus did instead of the way our neighbors did. Lord, I pray that today you would help each one of us by your spirit, by your power, by your word, to live a crazy Christian life, a life that is noticed by others that is contagious by others. And Lord, I pray that if there's people in this room that have just been kicking the tires around South Point, that have just been checking you out, learning about Jesus, maybe they've been here a long time. I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day they open their heart and they say, it's time to give my life to you, to put the keys in your hand, Lord, and let you show me how to live, live this life. I pray that it would be their faith and their experience today that you would show them walking out of here, Lord, that you would guide them by your spirit, lead them, teach them by your word and help them to understand that crazy Christianity has the greatest reward. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray and everybody said, amen.